May I be filled with loving kindness. May I be well. May I be filled with loving kindness. May I be well. May I be peaceful and at ease. May I be whole. There's a Scandinavian folktale about a king and a queen who were very much in love, but they were missing one thing which caused them great sorrow. They did not have a child. One day, the queen was walking in the forest, and she met an old woman. People in folktales were always meeting old women in the forest, right? <laughs> when the old woman learned of the queen's longing, she said, that is easily fixed. Take these two onions, and before you go to bed, peel them and eat them. That night, the queen peeled and gobbled up the first onion, but the second one she ate without peeling. In time, the queen gave birth to twins, but the midwife, seeing that the first one was a little snake, threw it out the window. The second one grew up to be a handsome prince. When the prince grew up, his brother, the snake, showed up to claim his inheritance. As an elder, he insisted that he should be married before his brother could be. Now, the word went out around the kingdom, but each time a young princess presented herself, when they were alone, the snake ate her. It got harder and harder to find candidates to marry him, as you might expect. Finally, the king ordered a shepherd to send his daughter to the castle. Well, the young girl had heard the stories, and she was terrified. But before she went, she met an old woman in the forest, and she told the old woman what she was facing. The woman said, that is easily fixed. On your wedding day, insist that you be dressed in 10 white dresses. So they were married, and the girl came to the snake prince's bedchamber wearing the tan dresses. The snake demanded, take off your dress. And she did, revealing the next dress below. In turn, the girl demanded, shed your skin. And he did. The shedding of dresses and skins continued until the snake prince finally, painfully, shed his last skin revealing his human princely self. Whereupon she threw her arms around him, surrounding him with love. And as in all such tales, they fell in love and lived happily ever after, or so the story goes. Now, the snake in the story, that re represents each one of us. We all have layers, skins that we build up harboring all the feelings and impulses that we would like to keep hidden. These parts of ourselves, the parts we'd rather keep under layers, are what Reverend Tom Owens Toll calls our dragons in his book, Love Meets the Dragons. The thing is, he says, every one of us has dragons that live inside of us, showing their ugly heads when we feel hurt or insulted, criticized or mistreated, unjustly accused, crossed, or cut off. It happens to us all. 
anger, hurt feelings, defensiveness, fear, hatred, strong antipathy, exaggerated self-importance, or false modesty. All of the aspects that were just mentioned in the meditation we heard. And these are just some of the dragons tucked into those layers, all of which I know personally. Now, when we're part of a community, even a faith community like ours, no matter that we profess to believe in love, community, service, and justice, we can't always keep those dragons hidden away. We're humans. Those are the dragons we're all living with. Owens Toll shares his journey ministering to a congregation which, like all others, like ours, full of people with different experiences, past and present, hurt feelings, insults, disappointment, put-me-down, put-downs. The list goes on and on, and that includes the minister. We're all human. To be human means these kinds of feelings come up for us constantly, daily, even hourly. Now, I've heard meditation teacher Jack Cornfield talk about being in a meditation retreat, sitting in meditation for an hour, unable to stop obsessing about that off-putting comment he heard in the cafeteria line. This is what it means to be a human being, even when you're a spiritual leader. We all have feelings, all the time. The question becomes, what do we do with those feelings? When we act on them, we're submitting to the dragons, our snaky selves refusing to shed another skin, even growing another layer. And we risk letting the dragons rule our lives. Often we act out of those feelings, lashing out at other people, blaming, shaming, criticizing, holding out unrealistic expectations, insisting on perfection, and more. Then the dragons continue to swell and grow and can start to take over who we are. Now let me be very clear. If what we're experiencing is abusive, physically, emotionally, psychologically, that is something quite different. Abuse requires calling out, setting clear boundaries, protection for the abused, and consequences for the abuser. Please don't be confused. That is not what I'm talking about here. I'm speaking of the everyday ways that we treat and speak about each other and ourselves thoughtlessly, unkindly, without remembering Socrates' three filters. Do you know it to be true? Is it kind? Is it helpful or useful? Now, we certainly saw a week of the dragons taking over in the House of Representatives, right? Yeah. Every petty and not-so-petty grievance trotted out and then used as a weapon to gain power. It definitely was not a pretty sight, as one dragon self after another took the stage filled with moral superiority and open animosity toward their peers. No skins were shed, no dragons tamed. There was no room for vulnerability or humility. Politics, we've been led to believe, is just like what we mostly witnessed, messy, often nasty, and inhospitable. By contrast, if you want an example of true dragon light statementship, reach for the good, reaching for the good in all of his colleagues, listen to House Majority Leader Hakeem Jeffries' speech. 
Now, Jeffries is not a saint. None of us are saints. It takes hard work and perseverance to lead with humility and grace, and most of all, it takes an abiding commitment to love. Over the past several months, even the past years, as a minister, just like all ministers, including Owens Toll, I've experienced times of pointed criticism, insistence on changes to my ministry. Some of you have been disappointed in experiences of pastoral care. Others have been critical of my time in the pulpit, suggesting that too much time is spent on themes of social justice and not enough on spirituality. Though I hold with some others that those two are actually inseparable. Others have had concerns about my actions as head of staff, and I want to be clear, all of those aspects of my ministry are very, very important. All of those areas deserve my focused and devoted attention. And when your expectations are unmet, when you are disappointed or hurt, I take that deeply to heart. I do know that I've always done the best that I could do in any given moment. And sometimes my dragons have gotten the best of me. At times, I've met criticism with defensiveness, finding ways to excuse or think better of myself, avoiding deeper self-examination, which actually isn't very helpful. At times, I've been pulled to blame the dragons in other people, to shift the pain somewhere, anywhere else. Again, that's human nature, but it is not useful. I've also felt deep shame at times, recognizing shortcomings, facing times when I really, truly felt short, fell short. I'm bringing all of this here to you today because I want you to know that while I've always tried my best, I could have done better. We won't ever be perfect, but we can always, always do better. There are clearly times when the dragons have their way. They are so seductive with all their shiny self-righteousness, their posing and posturing. They want us not to just feel good about ourselves, but to feel best about ourselves, which ends up feeling pretty empty, like the snake with so many layers that there's no room for compassion for ourselves or anyone else. The fact is that it's not useful for me or for any of us to beat up on each other or ourselves. If nothing else, it's a distraction from the real work of loving the heck out of this world, which is what we are here to do. The only useful attitude toward ourselves and each other and the dragons within all of us is love. It is that simple. Turning toward love for all beings, no matter how hard it has felt to hear what they have to tell us. Turning toward love for ourselves, no matter how ashamed or inadequate we may feel, that is the only way. It's the only way forward, the only way to heal, the only way to come through whole. Underneath all those layers, the snake believed that he was completely unlovable. No wonder he was eating people. That's why we have to take them in our arms the way the shepherd girl did and embrace them and convince them that they are loved. That's the only way to heal. 
and to bring everyone back into the circle where we all belong. So I want to say this again very clearly. I love all of you so much. Each and every one of you has my love. No matter what dragons may have inadvertently escaped in my direction, no matter the ways that we both layer ourselves for protection, you are loved deeply right here, without exception. And if there are ways that you have felt slighted or hurt by one of my dragons, please, please allow me to heal that with you so that we can both be whole again. I know I've made mistakes, done, done those things that I ought not to have done and left done, undone those things I ought to have done, as my Episcopal catechism taught me. I can't push those away. I can't excuse them. I can't pretend they never happened. All I can do is to say humbly, I want to make things right with you. Love is the doctrine of this church. And I know in our hearts we all aspire in that direction. Can we take the time now to set an intention to turn to love, to meet those dragons in ourselves or in others with gentleness and vulnerability? This is my intention for the new year, to the best of my ability again and again to turn toward love, to choose love every single time. Paraphrasing Mary Oliver, to embrace a new voice as we stride into the world, determined to save the only life we can. I have to do this because I can't read anymore. <laughs> That's better. Like the snake in the story, let's have the courage to peel away the layers of our anger, defensiveness, distrust, animosity, opening up fully to love and compassion for ourselves, for each other, for all humanity. In the words of the Karaniya Sutra, let's be determined to follow the path of peace. Let us be able and upright, straightforward and gentle in speech, humble and not conceited, contented and easily satisfied, peaceful and calm, wise and skillful, not proud and demanding in nature. Let us not do the slightest thing that the wise would later reprove, wishing in gladness and in safety. May all beings be at ease. May it be so. May it ever be so. Amen. Blessed be. Thank you. And now, please rise as you are willing and able and join in singing our closing hymn, Go Lift It Up.